Hello, my name is Camille Corbett, and today we have Chinwe Okori, and we're going to be talking about filmmaking and weed and her newest film that just got into Austin Film Festival, Elephant. So, mm. hey, how are you? Hey, I'm good. Um, where are you located right now? Uh, I'm based in Austin, Texas. Oh, yes. Um, I actually love Austin. Um, I've been there once and it was like so epic. It was so beautiful and it was so much cheaper than LA, but I heard it's changing. Yeah, it, I mean, it's cheaper in a way that like in LA, everywhere you go, you have to pay to park. And, least, <laughs> <laughs> and that's so annoying. Um, Cause I've been like a couple of years ago, I, I visited like a Starbucks and I had to park. I'm sorry, I had to pay to park. And I was like, this is absurd. Uh, this is nightmare. not, yeah, this is like, this is not the America I know. So, um, that must've been downtown though, right? Oh, I didn't know. I, I mean, I don't really know what's, what's considered downtown in LA. Like everything seems central. <laughs> yeah. Um, like West Hollywood seems like it would be downtown, right? Cause that's what like people think of, yeah. but like downtown is like, um, more like East. So away from the beach, away from like everything that makes you like reminds you basically of LA besides like okay. the Dodgers stadium <laughs> that's downtown yeah uh I mean I I can't wait to finally move to LA it's just that I'm waiting for that you know that payday that allows me to uh comfortably live there but um no I think Austin and LA are compatible in certain ways but the weather uh, definitely has LA has Austin beat by the weather yeah I mean yeah you guys have like cool hiking culture too right now I'm smoking well-versed sleep hopefully this doesn't actually put me to sleep but I really like really deep like heavy indicas I don't know what do you like do you like indica or sativa so I'm not a big I'm not a big smoker I mostly do edibles but more so at nighttime (laughs) and it's been a while (laughs) What kind of edibles? Um, anything that is uh, baked into a, you know, bakery, a cupcake mostly, or a cupcake. Wow. Oh, man. <laughs> I do not like edibles like that. I'm, no. like, very clinical about the edibles I take. I like the pills that don't taste like anything. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and I just swallow them like it's, like, a vitamin C. But, Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's probably not as like enjoyable but I just when I bite into something and I can taste the weed taste it just puts me off completely I just want to actually enjoy a cookie or like a cupcake without that weird can of butter taste yeah I feel yeah I feel yeah I feel like for me I just don't really like um the smoke aspect of the smoking I just like you know uh ingesting in in that way would you vape I don't think I would vape either. Vaping just is similar to smoking. Vaping looks like smoking. I mean, like these vapes are crazy. Like I just feel like so much smoke is, or like vapor is coming for them. It's almost like I'm smoking, which I like, but I'm also like, damn, these are strong. <laughs> um, um, do, are, do, do they get addictive? Because I feel like that's also one component of it. Like the whole, the vaping culture. Uh, no, because they don't have nicotine, but if they sold like a spliff one, I could see myself getting very addicted. (laughs) If they were mixing tobacco, I would like definitely be super addicted to it. But I think the problem is like the tobacco ones are the addictive ones. 
but I can't even inhale those because I don't smoke cigarettes. So it like, I don't even know how kids inhale them, to be honest. I cough so much from like the nicotine ones, but I want to learn more about you as an artist. Tell us a little bit about your journey. How do you come to be like someone who has like, you know, like a film that they wrote and directed an awesome film festival. So many people like aspire to do stuff like that you're doing now. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I was just was thinking about how 10 years ago, like, I was just wanting to finally, finally make a movie and just didn't know the pathway to that. And I think organically, you just kind of build up to this, this moment where, um, I actually was looking on Craigslist and I saw that somebody was, uh, had a short film. That was back when, I don't even know if people really use Craigslist like that, but back then, like I went on Craigslist to look for jobs and then I saw that somebody was looking for a script supervisor um, and I didn't know what the hell that was, but um, I got hired um, and I should probably have been cautious about this, but, but everything turned out well, I got on that set and then like networked with all the people there and they started working on other people's set. And then when I felt comfortable where like, hey, I want to make my own stuff. Um, and I have watched other people, how they like that done their crowdfundings, how they raised the money and thought maybe possibly that that's something could work for me. Um, found out that not everything works for everyone else. Like the same thing that works for somebody doesn't work for you. So I had to figure out how um, the, the money aspect is um, a big thing of what being a filmmaker and um, trying to make your own content, um, sorry, your own film. Um, and so um, being in Austin, I found a couple of resources when we're at the city has a grant. Um, then we also have like the Austin Film Society grants and just a couple of uh, areas where we can raise money to make your own movie. Oh, and wow. <laughs> And so that's how you were able to fund Elephant? Yes, Elephant for sure. Um, a big uh, portion of Elephant's um, funding came from generous grants when the pandemic happened. Oh, wow. Yeah, so a lot of like, all of a sudden, like a lot of like nonprofit opened up their like pocketbook and say like, hey, we have grants for these artists. And I just like kept applying to so many, um, so many. And I got one from, um, um, Six Square, it was a, a historically black um, institute, I'm sorry, nonprofit that supports the, the preservation of black Austin. Um, wow. They have grants and for, and I, I got approved for that. And I got a grant from, oh, like, you know, Austin Film Society after uh, multiple attempts, like five years of trying, I finally got a grant from the, this really competitive grants here in Austin. It's like Richard Linklater's company. Wow. And, yeah, it's so competitive because even though it's called Austin Film Society, all of Texas are is applying to that. And then they only hand out like 20 grants um, a year. And um, finally got elephants uh, funded through, through that means. And then once I got enough money from grants, I had what I had left, what I needed left, um, I crowdfunded and um, I did like, uh, I think I raised about 6,000 on, on GoFundMe and that's how elephant in total, I think, it was like a twenty to twenty five thousand dollar just for uh for this for the short film. Wow, that's insane! But I know. <laughs> yeah, that's what you have to do. Like being a director, getting that money is like no easy feat. Um, one of my heroes, Lee Daniels, um, talks about that. Yeah. <laughs> he like started out his career like getting money from people. Then was like, why am I not doing this for my own stories? Um, 
and sort of turned it around. So tell us more about like the story of Elephant, where did it come to be? Like, how do you think of this story? Like, what was your process once you thought of it to putting pen to paper, to getting it through projection, to putting it through festivals? Yeah, let's, uh, the story was inspired by a childhood event. Um, I had attended a, a predominantly white school. For the, um, I moved from Baltimore to this um, small town, Pennsylvania. Um, not huge culture. Maybe it was a culture shock, but at the moment I wasn't really processing it. I'd like, oh my God, I'm like, like the only black person in my class. Um, but I befriended a girl and one day we were walking to our buses, uh, diff our different buses. And she just casually said she's had a rough day. And then she planned to up herself, like, you know, unalive herself. And she said it very casually. So it didn't like alarm me because it was one of those, like, you know, bad day. I'm going to kill her myself. And then, um, so I kind of just like, in, in, like, you know, I let that in and I didn't react. And then, so the next day when we, we, sh we had like a homeroom class together. So they were doing a roll, roll call. The teacher uh, is calling out her name. And I just, I also responded very casually. She's not going to be here because she offs herself. <laughs> and, um, or she like, you know, she said that she's not going to off herself. I don't know. And um, so then, you know, chaos ensued with that. Um, but what came out of that story is um, I was more interested uh, in the part where she shows up in, in school. She shows up to school and then she denies saying that. And then it was more of like, she was embarrassed to have had problems. And so, and, and then, and then after learning more about her, where like she does have, she has her problem, but she's masking it. And so there's this elephant in her room and no one wants to address it. So like, I was asked to apologize for even like, speaking on something that I didn't I wasn't um aware of I didn't have the, like the language for and um so as an adult I made a satirical dark comedy about um mental health in middle school girls <laughs> so that's, that's so good yeah middle school is like the most fucked up period of anyone's life hands down that's when I was the ugliest the most <laughs> insecure and I was saying the craziest shit like well, I was thinking <laughs> wild stuff i mean the personality i i mean i can see my personality still being the same i i am now but i just was i didn't really have like social training um i mean like normal conversation i just didn't have that i like i would just like i would be the person who if you were having a, like just say like this group of, group of girls we're talking about you know um our nails or like a favorite, like a celebrity crush, I would just start, talk, sorry, bring up something morbid, like out of nowhere. And I'm just like, who, who does that? That's what I was, I was that. You'd be weird. like, what if Harry Styles died? <laughs> yeah, like I would just- Don't like, be sad. I know, I'm just like, just throw off the mood. That was just who I was at that time. I was just, so, so I kind of like remember like that cadence of that, that version of me as, uh, as 11 year old. And I brought that to this dark comedy as well. So what is like your dream project? Um, well, I mean, I would love to make this as a feature. So that would be a one dream project. But I think there is, there's a story like, you know, ruminating in my brain. And I feel like I will love, like, like to collaborate with other people. Like I'm Nigerian born and I'm, so I'm Nigerian American, I guess. Yes. Um, <laughs> and um, there is like this, high concept fantasy game of thrones type story i have in my head mm. and like it is inspired by the my nigerian roots um and 
yeah, I would love to make that, but I also like would love to like collaborate with somebody and get that off the ground. Cause I have more, I, I feel like we have a lot, we have fantasies. We have adult friendly, um, I'm sorry. We have adults um, um, fantasy. We do have like family friend friendly um, fantasy, but I don't think we have like, uh, we haven't, we haven't had that for like black, like black Africans, Nigerians, um, kind of stuff. I mean, I know there is an author who, um, which uh, I think it was called Children and Bones or something like that. Um, I'm butchering a lot of names right now, but there she she has that lane. I would love to, I would love to collaborate with her because she has specifically that vision of making um, fantasy imbued with her Nigerian roots. Yeah, one of my favorite writers, Octavia Butler. Yeah. She, um, you know, I feel like even adapting one of her books, I know Wild Seed is being adapted in one other of her projects, but like even that, you know, you would be great at directing that, writing, <laughs> like adapting one of those yeah. books because that's like the same genre. She leans a little bit more sci-fi than mm. fantasy, but it is fantasy. It's like yeah. an altered reality fantasy. Yeah, confession. Yeah. yeah, I've never read one of her books, but I know she's one of the greats and I um, need to start picking it up. It starts in Africa, which is yeah. really interesting. Like all her lore starts there and like the magic that the Black people have in America in her books comes from Africa. I love that. Yeah. I, I gotta start reading some of her books. Tell us some of like the people, like the filmmakers, writers, artists that inspire you as a filmmaker. Ooh. Uh, I mean, there's, I mean, there's so many. Um, that's what I love about going to festivals because you're always reminded why you love doing what you're doing. Um, Cause you, you like either enter, walk into a panel or just walk into a movie and you're just like, this is why I love movie making. But I, to give you a name right at the top of my head, I I cannot. Well, maybe I'll start with Jordan Peele because I am yes. loving, <laughs> I am loving um, the directions he's going with with a story, and I love that he's like committed to like you know putting black people on in the forefront of these stories, and then they're just told in the most interesting way. The stories told in the most interesting way. I love Nope. Um, yes. First. <laughs> I, so I watched it the first time I knew I loved I knew I enjoyed it the first time but it was like the second time I watched it I was like I love this movie I want to <laughs> see it again for sure yeah yeah um and actually it's actually one of my is I know people because I think it's so fresh for uh, some people so people are reacting um immediately and saying like this is not his best but I truly I truly think it's one of his best I think it is um, I think I would say a second back because this is three, you know, I think, yeah, I think Get Out was his top, like, you know, yeah. <laughs> came out of the gate with an uh, amazing movie. And then I think, nope, it's just spectacular because it reminded me so much of like a Spiel Spielberg yes. level. And it was like, we don't have that in that, like for, um, for the culture. For the I Black know. <laughs> it made me want to um, watch him do an action film so badly. Yes. Like, I was just like, I can't wait. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and I hope that like, because uh, I know every time he makes a movie, people assume it's horror. And I think because it's always marketed that way, but I don't think that's what he's striving for. Especially yeah. when you know, it wasn't like, oh, this is horror. Like, this is more like, I, I yeah. can, um, like you just said, action and vector. I think I left that movie feeling like this is like 
as close as enough we can get as an action adventure movie from him yeah. as um, currently um there's also like you know my uh, more auteur like uh, inspirations from like Yorgos Lakdamas. Yes. He's, yeah, I love I love his work. I'm always excited whenever I hear he has a project out. Um, yes. No matter how white it may be, because it always <laughs> is like it's that so, cast is pasty. Yeah, and keep it. Movie. I mean, honestly, keep it white. I don't think some. I, I mean, I would love to be in a Yorgos Lathios <laughs> movie. So okay, I'm bitter. Yes, I am bitter it. about it. I'm like. <laughs> Cast the black person, please. Well, there should be. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be our equivalent of that too. I'm sure there is one here. You're um, making it, right? <laughs> sure, but I'm not a. I mean, yeah, he's yes. I'll, I'll be. I'll be some version of that. Um, I know that there. Uh, Terrence Nance is that his name? He was a very interesting filmmaker. Um, he had was that something? There was like HBO show he had. Um, let me fly. Uh very like what's that do you know what i'm talking about terrence nance uh is it random acts of flyness yes yes, yes. he's very interesting and dope um i i i know he, one project he had up was the the space jam he was gonna do the live action space jam and what? i don't know what it, yes and i don't know what happened but they like i don't know if he got fired he like he just walked out of it but they replaced him i was like I would have seen that version, whatever like version he had up of a sleeve. Like I wouldn't see that. I knew it was gonna like push it forward and not give me the. Uh, I don't know. What I like about <laughs> you is that you direct and write. I don't think you like being just a writer of features is very like a cucking situation. You could write one version. Who yeah. knows how many people are about to hop on too. I think there was like this leak recently talking about how there were 40 writers on a Marvel movie. How the fuck is the WGA going to figure that out? Like at least 40 oh writers God. got paid, but I'm like, what? Yeah. So yeah, being a writer director allows you to have that last word for you to always have that co-writing credit at the very least. At the very you know? least, absolutely. I, I, do not enjoy writing and I wish I was as more as prolific of the writer writer as like some of my friends uh, I, I'm in a writer's group which kind of encouraged me to keep coming up with ideas and writing um but I love directing more so writing I have to write because the stories that I really want to see are not being told um and that's why I uh, I write and um yeah, I just want to keep adding more to our selection of stories we can watch and not like the same old um, tropes and um, plot points. If there is one thing like you could tell your younger self, because you talk about having like this part of like the culture missing and feeling that, what would you tell your younger self, you know, in order to help fill this void? Oh, you know, yeah, I mean, I felt out of place younger, like, because I was like, I mean, it was pre like, really social media and um, the internet. So I, I would have told my younger self, harness the weirdness, harness the thing that make you think you're different. I mean, I turn out I'm not as different as people um, have 
told me I was. <laughs> I am very, I'm, in, I'm pretty common. Like there's a, there's so many versions of Chin Wei's out there, but I mean, but it's only one way to, ex like I'm the only way to execute my way of um, being weird. But I think the one thing I'll tell the younger self side of me is be, be, be self-assured that you are like the way you see the world is okay. And, and when you have the chance to tell those stories, there's going to be an audience for that. And it's actually as universal as, uh, like is more universal than people, um, at the, uh, like my little bubble was telling me, you know, like people around me were always making me feel like I was just so different and like an outcast and no one un unworthy to be listened to. But, um, it turns out that I am, have something to say and people want to hear it. Definitely. Um, I talk about this in like some of my other episodes with other people because I generally talk to women of color. It's like the world that we live in when we're kids, you know, growing up in like the suburbs or whatever is not the world, the true world of how like the, like how things work, what people like the sort of artists that people want to consume. All my life, people told me not to become a writer, that it was impractical, that it was stupid. And I was published from the time I was 15. And like when I graduated college, I was like a working writer, not in television yet, but I was a writer. Mm -hmm. And so for me, like if I had listened to them at all, then I would never be anywhere where I am. But like, again, like I was just blindly like following something you don't know if it's true at all but it's good to affirm to people especially people younger than us that it is true people do want to hear your voice it is not just a fucking mirage yeah <laughs> period <laughs> yeah um but yeah um obviously like things are winding down a little but is there anything you want to plug in addition to elephant or anything and elephant will be out on public yeah um, yeah uh we got uh, we're, it's gonna be um just like follow us on social media um elephant short film on instagram and or you can follow me um chinway films c-h-i-n-w-e chinway films on instagram um don't follow me on twitter because i'm <laughs> not I am not, I don't talk about either side. I don't really talk about my film stuff on, on Twitter. It's very political <laughs> and I just don't really want to be followed. Um, <laughs> you're really good. You're re you really use your Twitter, like how is, how you should use it, like um, to like elevate your, like, you know, your brand. I am, I just, I can't help myself, but like. Uh, it's <laughs> hard for me. I definitely like have to hold it in. Sometimes I'll like delete tweets after I say them, like I'll call someone out. I'm like, you know what? I can't do this. <laughs> oh no. I feel like your brand is uh, like you, you, you know how to, you, you're basically just your comedian, right? Like you, your brand is to make everything funny and um, push the buttons too. And I, I think it's, it just works well. And I, I figure out that like, even when I try to like hmm, only focus on film stuff, I was like, I can't, I just, I just have to like tell people how I feel about like every little thing. And that's why I love like Instagram stories. So I can like, that has 24 hours so that can just like disappear. No one else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's real. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Real. Elephant's going to, yeah. So Elephant's going to um, be online. It's going to be on my Vimeo um, and then um, be distributed by like, or we're going to have um, distribution through um, 
um, director's notes. Have you, uh, you know what that is? And um, hopefully stack of the week on Vimeo. So yeah, excited to like get it out there. It's been a long journey. Um, I was really to be, uh, I could just be um, transparent. Like I was really worried about how this movie is going to get out because um, I went through the festival route and for a whole year, we're just getting rejected, rejected, rejected. And we're like, damn, like, is this movie like ever going to catch some industry like cred? And um, the last festival we submitted to um we got in so uh, yeah that, uh, that's the right one I know <laughs> I think that yeah festivals are very political and it doesn't really have a lot to do with like the film like the film is like 20 percent of it and that's the crazy part but the people that get into festivals based solely off of the films are the real filmmakers they're not doing it for like clout chasing. It's not their like reps just pushing. They're the ones that get in through because there's real artists. Yes, I agree. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's so hard. I mean, I feel so bad for people who are like feature films because that's even harder. It just seems like it takes a lot more political um, man- um, maneuvering. And your tech just has to be so perfect. The production value and the feature just has to be so perfect to be taken seriously. It's insane. They'll like use any excuse to discredit a feature and say it's not worth being distributed on a major platform. Any excuse, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was great speaking with you. Thank you yes. so much for being on Smoke Show Show. <laughs>